Before we get into this week's episode, I want to thank everybody who watched Smart, Funny, and Black in the crib. It was such an incredible, you know, experience to know that globally folks were enjoying this thing that we created that is all about Black joy and celebrating the contributions that Black folks have made to culture. So really, really appreciate everybody who, you know, took a, they took a shot on us doing a worthy show and, and people have said that they felt fed. So that makes me feel great. And we are looking already into when we are going to do our next one. So keep an eye out for that. Also keep an eye out for SFB Society. I am going to be launching a membership community called SFB Society very soon. And it's going to be built around creating content and conversation that empowers, educates, and uplifts. And really, it's a safe space for you to be your whole Black selves and for allies to support that. So look out for SFB Society. It is coming soon. In the meantime, in between time, keep listening to Small Doses and watching it. And, uh, you know, we're on YouTube now showing the actual episodes as well. So it's really been nice to see folks indulging in both experiences because the watching it on YouTube is one thing, but nothing replaces Brendan's sound effects. Let's get into it. It's so funky. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of Small Doses. Today I've got the folks. I had to beg them. Um, I've been recording episodes by myself whenever I don't have a guest, and I looked around and was just like, I don't like this. This feels lonely. This doesn't feel like I'm connected, and Brendan and Rebecca and I have been doing this for two and a half years. So, guys, like, you're a part of this, you know? And and the people have never seen you! They've never seen you. These are what allies look like. Oh, God. These two. Yes, and you know that if I've been recording something with white people for two and a half years, they must be pretty splendiferous. So I accept this. <laughs> um, thank you. Yes, yes, Rebecca. Yes. So um, uh, you know, just feast your eyes on Brendan and Rebecca. Like Rebecca, I tell Rebecca all the time. People are always saying to me, like, "Where's Rebecca? How's Rebecca? What does Rebecca think?" Well, now here she is. So. Very begrudgingly, but you're nonetheless. <laughs> Namaste. Um, this week's episode is Side Effects of Living Alone, which ties into what I just talked about. Because when I was recording alone, I just realized, like, I don't, I don't think this is actually the... I need, I need more. And so when... You know, one of the side effects of living alone is, is is knowing when you need some stimulation, knowing when you need some, you know, interaction with folks. And we didn't want to spend an hour in this space uh, because it's a bit, it's a heavy. But what I've been doing, if you haven't noticed, is I've been really trying to populate this, this, um, this guest list for the Small Doses episodes with voices that are really empowering and intuitive to what's going on in our nation in particular right now. You know, we are definitely leading up to an election in November. And I think it's just, it's just important that we are primed and tuned. And when we, you know, speak to Mark Lamont Hill, he's going to talk about things like, um, 
like disciplined learning, you know, and just the rigor of actually like taking in information on a regular basis and how that changes the way you process. And with this podcast, I, I'm, I'm, I'm attempting to implement that as well with voices that spend their days and nights uh, focused on Black excellence, Black liberation, and intellect. So if you've been enjoying them, we got more. And um, look out. So just understand that's where my thought process is. But in the meantime, in between time, I want to mix in some of my own episodes, you know, because I know y'all fuck with me. Like even when I'm alone at the house. So we continue to be on uh, this quarantine situation. Apparently the world is opening up on May 15th. (laughs) Not because they figured anything out. Uh, Basically, they're opening up with the thought process of, well, we're sure people are going to die, but I mean, it doesn't mean we shouldn't open up. I mean, we've heard governors say this on and off the record, and they're just doing it with action. So I know a lot of us don't take that to mean we need to like leave unless we are, you know, over 60 and have just decided that this pandemic doesn't apply to us, which I know is the case for a lot of you all's parents and grandparents. But a lot of us don't think that way. We think the pandemic absolutely applies to us and we feel very precautious about putting ourselves in harm's way uh, when the economy is what's being preserved, not our wellness. But the way that has affected those of us who live alone is unique for a lot of people. And I wanted to dedicate this episode to not just being alone in the house on the regular, but being alone in the house during a pandemic, um, during a quarantine. So we are all DMTs today. Got a lot of dope questions from dope people. So let's get into it. First question, do you ever lose track of time? There are entire weekends where I was just at home kicking it by myself without ever leaving the apartment or talking to anyone. One million percent. And when this quarantine started, the I spent a week on a Wednesday. Like, it never felt like the day changed except for this. If, the sun, if, the, if I was in Iceland during a time where the sun didn't set and rise, you couldn't tell me that it wasn't still Wednesday. Like, going to sleep was just naps. Because it's just, it was just like a, just a, a weird purgatory space. Someone said to me the other day that, or not someone said to me, but I read a meme that said, um, we're in the third March. Like, this isn't May. This is third March. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? That makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. It's actually uh, so sick. Yes. It's actually sick and wrong that it's May. I just want to say it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like that. Like the third March made sense. Yeah. May doesn't at any way at any. Like my assistant, like sent me a text and was like, "It's May first. You're still in Florida." Yeah. 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 And I was like, "Yeah, I am. Ugh. I am." So that was a thing, and. um, you know, I, I'm i really just on some shit trying to be as peaceful with myself with productivity. And it's, it's, I've been very fortunate to now have people working with me that 
for all intents and purposes, are their work ethic makes it to where like they're on top of me because they're like, I need to get my job done. So I don't have to be on top of them because they're like, you tasked me to do a job that I need to get done. So I need you to send me this. And it just, micromanage me, please. Please. You know, just micromanage me. And it allows me to then like let my brain do the creative stuff it needs to do versus working in an administrative way. And so that's something I've had to learn. But in this quarantine time, like being able to operate like that has been essential to just also coming up with ideas that work in this quarantine time, like Smart, Funny, and Black in the Crib, and feeling confident about, like, pulling that off. And actually, no, not just pulling it off, feeling confident about putting it on and giving people an experience that they haven't had because everyone been watching all kind of Zooms and Hoppins and Instagram Lives, and it's like, there ain't nothing like Smart, Funny, and Black. Next question. What are some ways that you make yourself feel safe while living alone? And what do you recommend that women do? My biggest fear is not being able to handle certain threats like an intruder. This world is crazy and scary and even more crazy and scary as a single black woman. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. I think, listen, I always talk about just arming yourself with information. And that comes in a couple of different ways, right? So in this case, I feel like you should take a self-defense class. Like if you feel that way, like arm yourself with the information of knowing I've taken a self-defense class and I have this set of skills, right? Because not all of us are Liam Neeson, you know? We we don't all have a certain set of skills. Um, I personally believe that I'm Jason Bourne and that I have a set of skills that's just ready for whenever it needs to be used. Uh, I found myself in situations where I needed to be a ninja and I was able to be a ninja. I found myself, Rebecca, why do you doubt me? I'm just imagining you backflipping away. <laughs> well, it was more of a kick. It was a high kick. <laughs> okay, sure. It was a high kick that took place on a train. Um, wow, really? And I had For to, real? Yeah. I had to get some, yes. I never told you the beating with the box story? No. <laughs> I'll give you a bridge version. I was on the train. There were plenty of seats to sit in. This man came up to me and was like, I, I want to sit, sit there. there. And I had a FedEx flat rate box in the seat next to me. And I was like, you can't sit here. And he was like, I, I want to sit here. here. And I was like, you can't sit here. I, I want to sit here. here. And finally, I was like, you, you can't, can't sit here. here. And we were both like in the cotton. It was like color purple all of a sudden. And he um, he ended up just reaching over and picking up the box and beating me with the box. And Where let was me this? Just, in New York? New York. Of course. And let me tell you, you don't realize you're getting beat with a box until like four hits in. Okay. And by the way, he had one eye. So like, as he's talking to you, like he's addressing you very sharply because there's no, I mean, it's, it's laser focus. So he's like literally beating me with the box. I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually beating with a box. And then the only way I could get him off of me was to ninja kick him. And so I had to rear back. And kick him. And he, this is a dress, by the way. And he fell into a group of people like playing Candy Crush and Sudoku that, by the way, did not pay any notice to any of this happening until he landed on them. And they were like, oh my God. Yeah. It's a much longer story that I tell on stage, but that happened. So (laughs) I also like, I didn't know I knew how to ride horses until I had to ride a horse. 
And I realized I've watched so much Lord of the Rings and Downton Abbey and all these people on horses all my life. I think by osmosis and just visual learning, I just knew how to ride a horse. So much so, doubter Rebecca. You see how she's a doubter, right? Because this I, is dangerous because this is people who watch like fucking Grey's Anatomy and think they can do surgery. Um, I actually have been trained. <laughs> Shut up. I have been trained at the Grey's Anatomy School of Medicine. I may not be able to do surgery, but as an internal medicine, as like an internist, I'd be nailing diagnoses. I nailed a diagnosis right. the other day. Yeah. I nailed a diagnosis the other day. My homeboy was like, my neck is messed up. I don't know what's wrong. I'm having shooting pains. And I was like, where is the pain? And he said, it's coming up the back of my neck. And I was Biotica. like, no, occipital no. nerve. What? Occipital nerve. Sciatica is lower back. Lower occipital back. nerve. Okay. Oh, yeah, you were see? You, were you right? Yes. Damn, okay. I said a occipital nerve, and I think it was triggered by your TMJ. Oh, I, yeah, I got that too. You, yeah, you you might be right about that one, okay. <laughs> Fine. I'm just saying. So that being said, it was like I went to Haiti. I got on a horse. We had to go up this, like, whole fort to go on a horse, and... When I got to the horse, like when I met with the horse and the, like the trainer, like they have trainers that walk with the horse. I said, what's up to the horse? The horse's name was Hazel. Me and Hazel had some time, you know, and I said, what's up, Hazel? I'm going to be riding you. Um, if we could just keep things real cool and calm, I'd appreciate it. And Hazel was like, mm, it's all good. I got on the horse. The trainer was like, have you ridden horses before? He, of course, had a Creole accent, but I don't know how to do a Creole accent enough to do it properly, so I'm just going to stick to my own. And I was like, no, I haven't. And he's like, sounds like it. Like, you're doing what you need to do. He was, like, talking to somebody else by the time we were on the way back down because wow. I was handling business. Then I went to Togo two years later and was galloping because the horse knew that I knew. So I say all that to say. Get some self-defense courses. <laughs> How are they supposed to take a self-defense course while we're in quarantine online? I mean, I don't think you can take them in the traditional way, but I think there's absolutely going to be opportunities to look at videos online to give you some insight in, into, like, vulnerable points, right? right? Like, you know, the person I like, he be telling me shit like that all the time. Like, don't go for somebody's neck. Like, go for body shots. You know what I mean? Like, don't try and, like crack somebody in their face, hit them in their jaw or their rib, because it doesn't matter how much gym you go to, how much creatine you drink, how many weights you lift, there you can't make your rib or your chin any less vulnerable. Like your nose, honestly. But it's harder to hit a nose. Yeah. Like your chin is protruding. So it's yeah. like, you know, like if you find yourself in a situation like Make sure that you're protecting your head, you know, like, right. and, and, and fire, just fire, fire away, you know, like, so there's vulnerabilities that you can learn. And, and as a woman also just learning how to, it ends up being jujitsu, you know, because jujitsu is the art of using somebody's weight against themselves. And a lot of us feel like we need to use brute force. And you're like, well, if I'm not a strong person, I don't have a strong upper body, how am I going to be able to protect myself? And that is what jujitsu essentially teaches you. It's like how to basically use the energy and send it back, which is similar to what Black Panther's kinetic suit does, but we're not, we don't have vibranium here. Um, 
Also getting some type of security system. You know, even if you live in an apartment, you can get a ring, um, you know, where you'll be able to at least see um, anyone coming to your door or be alerted for any intruders. Um, And you know what? Getting a dog or cats. You know, like cats may not be able to hurt somebody if they come in the house, but my cats are alert cats. Like I, whenever I would get Postmates deliveries or, you know, DoorDash deliveries, like I would know that they're there before they even ring the bell because my cats are like, hold up, hold up. So these are some things that I think can help. Um, And also, like, there's the basics, like carrying mace, you know, and just, like, making sure that you have some type of protectant close to you. Having mace by your bed, you know, having mace in the kitchen. The other fear, though, is that you don't want to get to a point where you're so fearful that you're not even feeling good about being in the home by yourself, right? Like, that's the other part of it. It's like, if you're living in fear all the time, then you're not really living. So it's like finding the happy medium of that. I don't like Rebecca's face for being, for making it look like I'm being cheesy, but <laughs> it's true. Like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta secure yourself so that you can feel secure at home. Cause everywhere else is scary and crazy. As she said, I mean, when you see videos of, you know, white men in Georgia, just shooting a black man because, and, and getting away with it. See, here's the thing. Them doing it isn't really what shocks you. You're like, well, I've been doing shit like this forever. It's the willingness to let them get away with it. That, that 70, takes 72 t- days. And there's a there's yeah. a, a tweet that, w- that went out, and I'm paraphrasing, but it said something to the effect of, just make sure you remember that they didn't get arrested because they saw the video. They got arrested we because saw. we saw the video. So how many videos have we not seen? If a black man falls in the woods, did he really die? The The answer answer is is yes, because we're not talking about trees. So next question. I'm someone who requires constant stimulation or I get bored with life. How do you keep yourself from engaging in destructive behaviors being quarantined alone? She puts um, some examples, excess drinking, texting your ex, etc. Well, I did text my ex and now we're back together. So, um, yeah, I can't really speak to that excessive drinking um you know when you say constant stimulation well i think it's just and i know this may sound very like ideal but even if we weren't in quarantine you got to find ways to stimulate yourself that don't harm you um because anything outside of moderation is going to harm you so like excessive anything can harm you i mean maybe not excessive puzzle making like puzzle putting together but then maybe you're getting Maybe you would get some like bruises or or paper cuts, paper cuts, right, right. But like excessive porn hubbing, it's like that's not good because then we're gonna get out of quarantine and you will have now been addicted to porn. And then when someone actually comes over, what's gonna happen? Nothing. Um. It's not that we're back together. It's just that we're we're conversing in a way that is healthy. So let me just clarify. Shit. Because um, it's important for us in this quarantine to be honest with ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Because there's a lot of delusion going on. So this is a great question because this is someone who's being honest with themselves about like their 
what they feel like are their their limitations in terms of self-control. So it seems like you're somebody who is kind of um, just excessive in general because you're like, I need constant simulation. So there's a certain level of like outside of moderateness that you exist in. And I think maybe I'm going to amend what I originally said and say that for you, what are the things that you can engage in beyond a moderate level that won't, that won't have the same level of harm as some of the things that you've listed, right? Because stimulation uh, is a choice and you got to decide how you want to be stimulated. You know, I mean, excessive drinking, what is it that you get out of excessive drinking that that you feel is considered stimulation and see if there's some, something that you can mimic that with or get the same level of energy from that doesn't also give you cirrhosis, or psoriasis. Cirrhosis. Cirrhosis. Cirrhosis is a skin condition. Cirrhosis. I know that because I am a graduate of the Grey's Anatomy School of Medicine. Next question. How do you handle living alone slash quarantined alone and seeing couples slash mates slash families who aren't and not becoming jealous slash sad? Okay, well, I'm going to give you like the, the like responsible, like thoughtful answer. And then I'm going to give you the petty answer that most people will resort to. So the thought, the responsible, thoughtful answer is you look at the things that you have, you know, and you, you, you don't look at what you're missing. You look at what you have. You have gratitude for the things that you do have. So the relationships that you have that maybe are able to be fostered through FaceTime, et cetera, you know, you, you look at the gratitude of the fact that you don't got to share your food with nobody. You look at the gratitude of the fact that you have some solitude and you have the um, the rare opportunity to go inside and, and really look at yourself and explore yourself without the interruptions of other people's triggers and other people's issues. Because so much of our inability to really grow as people is that we're growing up other people. So that's like a huge thing. I can tell you that in this quarantine alone, I have changed immensely. Like I have grown, like, like, I mean, I'm blossoming like the magnolia bloom on my tree right now. I'm telling you. And a lot of it is because I'm just not interacting in the same way that I typically am with the world. Um, and I do live alone. So I do get time by myself, but it's just not as excessive and I don't have even the anxiety and thought like stress of, okay, what's going to happen? You know, like I've realized that I actually, people used to ask me, Amanda, what are you afraid of? And I used to say nothing. Lies. Lies. I have absolutely discovered that your girl got fears. Shit. And they drive bad behaviors that I, in in being able to identify this, am now going to start being able to work on, which will then, of course, alleviate my own pain and anxiety. And if you were in a house full of people, you may not have been able to do that. Even if you were in a couple, you may not have do that because in that couple space, I mean, it's just, it's us, man. It's me and you, man. And there's a certain level of consideration and patience and um. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Restraint that you have to exercise <laughs> in that space. That and that that you know until you really like get the hang of it takes energy away from you trying to figure certain things out. So that's the responsible answer. It's a thoughtful answer. Gratitude. 
gratitude, self-awareness, um, food hoarding. The petty answer is, you don't know what bullshit they're going through. Let me tell you. <laughs> Listen, these people's in the house all day. If you think everything is peachy keen and sweet and strawberry cream, you got it twisted. They in there fighting. They in there having petty arguments. They're entering, they're, they're, in there, they're in there wondering why your dick can't get hard because we fucked four times. We fucked four times today. I can't, I, I can't. You know, they're in there, they're in there bringing up old shit because ain't no new shit. So let's just look at the old shit, you know? A lot of fuck shit. They're in there dealing with their parents who won't stay in the goddamn house, who tell them things like, why do you need a trampoline? You're, you're trying to live, relive your childhood. And then have them quarantining in their room for two days. Well, such a weirdly yeah. specific scenario. <laughs> I'm just speaking from theory, okay? These mm-hmm. are all theoretical. These are just my, just things I've gleaned from the ancestors speaking to me, Rebecca. Okay, you know that I'm tapped in. Yeah. So I say all of that to say that, yes, there is a worth in having the responsible response. But there's a bit of the petty response that also is very grounded. And that is... Don't ever be jealous of somebody else's situation. You don't know what it entails. You don't know how they got there. You don't know what they gave up to get it. All you can pay attention to is your own and how to make the shifts and changes and adjustments within your own space to perhaps achieve what you want for that. And when you look at other people, don't let it be a measuring stick. Let it be inspiration. How do you combat the loneliness? This is similar. How do you combat the loneliness that can come with living alone? I've tried to busy myself, but it doesn't always work. I can't wait for this episode. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Loneliness is a doozy because it's not really rational. Um, And the reason I say that is because, and Brendan's going to love this with his philosophical mind, we're all alone. Like in actuality, we are alone. Like in the in the grand scheme of things, like we're atoms made in a form and we exist in this body for a, dif- a definitive amount of time. And then, you know, we go into the universe as energy and we don't know how that commingles. But we were born alone and, you know, we might die with a bunch of people around us. But it's it's even if you're with somebody who passes away with you, you don't know where you're going. So... In the in the very deep like metaverse of conversation, we are all essentially alone. And the other part of that we're alone in is our consciousness. Like we are all here on this Zoom together, but our consciousness exists alone. No matter how much I try to think like what would Rebecca want, I'm still thinking of it through the lens of my consciousness and my perspective. So the loneliness comes from like, what is that? What are you actually missing? And that's where loneliness actually is derived from. You feeling a lack of connection to something. Um, these, these are my, my theories, theories, by the way. way. I, I went to Grey's Anatomy School of Medicine, but not their school of uh, psychology. Um, but that's what I deem loneliness to be. It's like that moment that you realize like you're missing something that you cannot acquire. And it feels like, and the anxiety comes in feeling like you'll never acquire it. That's the anxiety. 
the anxiety is that feeling I have when I think, oh, this is how my life is going to be forever. And it can start as a kernel. That's the scary part. So the loneliness can start as a kernel and just pop, 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 pop. If you let it get too out of hand. So you got to try and catch it at the kernel and say, okay, what's this feeling I'm having? What am I missing? What, it, what is it that, that I feel like can fill this space? And you know what? It's you. That's the bitchy part of it. I know what it feels to feel like, damn, I wish people are around and I wish that I was interacting with folks. I definitely can understand that concept. Like, imagine in Castaway, you know, he had to make a volleyball, Wilson, so that he didn't feel like he was there by, because he felt lonely. But if you really look at that, I think what that was more about was when you're by yourself, it feels like everything is on you. And it feels a lot harder to shoulder uncertainty and anxiety and fear when it's just you. When someone else is in the mix, it feels a little bit more like you can bounce off, you can balance. So I personally think in Castaway, he had Wilson there because it's like, it's one thing for me on this, to be on this island and trying to make fire by myself. But when Wilson is here, I feel like, you know what, we might actually figure this out. We might actually get this boat over this reef. We might actually get this boat over this raft over this reef. So you got to find out what your Wilson is. Like, is it a pet? You know, is it, is it FaceTiming with friends? Is it sharing with your friends? Like, listen, I may need a little bit more from y'all um, in this time because the isolation is getting to me and making me feel like I'm shouldering way more than I can handle by myself. Um, you know, and then you know your brain. For some of us, like having too much time in our brain is dangerous. Having too much time, not being able to do other things is dangerous because our brain operates in a way that um, it can't be necessarily controlled. So it, it can sometimes spiral into ways that are harmful. And I've even experienced that in this quarantine. You know, just the ways in which my brain spirals that I had never even, I just didn't, I didn't realize that's what was happening. So I say all of that to say that how you can deal with loneliness is one, leaning on your friends a little bit more, but sh telling them, don't just, you know, have the conversation, perhaps getting a pet, uh, getting hobbies, distracting yourself. Actually, I don't like the word distracting, engaging yourself in things that enrich you um, and that you feel like bring you joy and that you feel like, because, you know, Certain people, they say like, oh, it's a, you're a workaholic. Other people, they're like, no, put all of that energy that you have, that you keep shooting out excessively, put it into something. Put it in it. I'm that person. I have so much fucking energy. And then when it's not being used properly, it's just like. <laughs> so then I got to put it into shit. And that's how I end up coming up with shows. But I'm bummed. This is an extension of this, and I honestly don't know if I have the answer, but someone said, I definitely underrated human interaction prior to quarantine. This doesn't compare to solitary confinement, but it makes me understand how that could drive a person crazy. To not touch a human being for months is something I've never experienced. Not a hug or a high five or a handshake, nothing. What can we be doing to combat the mental strain this is causing? First of all, get a weighted blanket. Second, get a long pillow. I don't know why you're laughing, Rebecca, because this is real shit. No, it's real. It's just, it is 
it's real, but it is like not fully a replacement for a human being. There's no such thing as a replacement. She no. said, what can yeah. we be doing to combat the mental strain this is causing? It's true. It's true. Like, also get a pet that you can pet. So not a turtle, you know, not a fish. I mean, I guess you can pet a turtle, but there's something about a mammal and the warmth of a mammal and the hair and the love, you know, whether it's a bunny or a kitty or a puppy um, or a chinchilla, um, or maybe you're in the, maybe you like a rat, you know, or, or a hamster, but, and some people are bird people, but sometimes birds are hit or miss. You know, because sometimes birds really ain't about the pet life. They're like, I rock with you and you feed me and that's cool, but don't pet me. I'm over here. I had two parakeets named Ifura and I'm a bird. If you're a bird and I'm a bird. That was their names. Yeah, that's right. Notebook. I'm a bird. Where are you? If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Dead and gone. Dead. Dead. That's all I want, guys. I just want notebook love. Why can't I have notebook love? Huh? Anywho. Hmm. That's kind of what you got to do. Because, like, you can't mentally, like, because touch is tactile. It's kinetic. So you can kind of mind fuck your way out of it to a certain point. But at the end of the day, there's a sensation that comes from that that you're missing. Right? It's the warmth. It's just like when people tell you, like, Get a vibrator and you're like, that can achieve a certain goal, but it's not the same as a body, like, being on you. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. It's been a long time. Let's take one more question. How do you deal with people that look at the fact that you live alone as sad? I'm alone, I'm a cancer, and I love living alone. Um, listen, I'm a cancer and I love living alone too because we love our shells. Shout out to all the cancers on the Zoom right now. Yes, Rebecca! Um, yeah, I like living alone because of that. It doesn't mean that I can't live with somebody else, but like I don't have a problem living alone because I, cancers are like very homey people and just the person I am. I'm an only child. Like I grew up in a house where it's just me and my mom. So like I'm, I'm comfortable in that space. When people look at you like you're sad, it's because they have defined their own value based on some bullshit ass social norm that ain't got shit to do with you. And, you know, even when the sadness is coming from a place of like, oh, genuine compassion, it's still just like, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, uh, you know, unless their sadness is coming from you being quarantined by yourself and they just are like, hoping that you're okay managing, getting everything you need, and do you feel safe, et cetera, et cetera. We'll let that rock. But I've definitely had people, there was a woman on the on the Reels um, comments who was trolling me consistently, and she was just like, one of the things she said was like, oh, Amanda Seals, she was like, you, um, she was like, all you do is run your mouth about race, and you don't, you, you don't even have any kids, and you just sleep in a bed at night, and you're 38 years old. How corny is that? Read your Bible, some shit like that. And I'm just like, hmm. Did your stimulus check come? Because I'm not eligible. Like, that's the type of shit. See, then I get petty, and then it's like, oh, see? 
why you why you let her make you petty? And it's like, because I'm not perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like, the universe is still working on me. And so is my therapist. But the thought process is like, oh, if you were married, you'd be better off. Or, oh, if you were with a man, you'd be better off. Or, oh, if someone was with you, then that means you're liked. That's a lot of people's, like, underlying thing, I think. You know, like, well, why doesn't anybody want to be with you in your house? Why doesn't anybody want to live with you? What, You know, and then... That's the relationship part of it. But I think some people, too, are scared to live alone, and so they're projecting their fear onto you. Like, you know, they may feel... Like, it's like people who look at you crazy for going to the movies by yourself. Like, you want by yourself? You know? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you couldn't find anyone to go with you? It's like, no, I actually made a choice. Like, when I went to Belize, we did a whole episode on traveling... By yourself. And people were like, what? I mean, you didn't want to bring anything. So much so that I almost bent and invited folks just to feel like I was doing something better than what I had already planned. And it was like, no, I don't need to invite anybody. I want to go here to be by myself and be in solitude. So how do I deal with that? I just tell them, I'm actually very happy living by myself. How about you? Cut the shit. You know what I mean? And that's it. The last dose. I think these were such dope questions because they came from so many perspectives. And the thing about living by yourself, you know, that wasn't covered in this is just, you know, how do you continue to be a part of the world and not let yourself become a hermit? Um, Which, you know what? Maybe that's your vibe. Maybe, Maybe hermit is your vibe. You're like, I'm a hermit vibe. I'm a hermit fam. Um, but the, 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 the beautiful part of, of living alone is that one, all of this is choice. And if you didn't want to live alone, um, I'm sure if you, if you really wanted somebody there, there's roommate situations, there's, there's a world of other options, but for those of us living alone, especially those who people make to feel like they are somehow social lepers, <laughs> you know, um, I know a lot of women who are living alone, who are, you know, forging ahead and who are so peaceful in the experience. They're so peaceful in it. They're so appreciative of their autonomy and of their space and of their time. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily give women a lot of space to do that. I mean, of course, this episode is for everybody, but just specifically to women, I think a lot of people, a lot of society doesn't give women, you know, we're still, it's like we're still operating in this like Victorian mindset that says that a woman's value is based on like her being married. And if she doesn't get married, then she's a spinster and she must have like a faulty vagina. She can't have kids or something. Because who, I mean, why else would someone not marry him? Like that's the type of shit we be on. But you know what? We're Queen Elizabeth's out here. We're like, I don't need to marry nobody. I'm the queen of my household. Unless I don't want to be. And when I don't want to be, voila, I will open up my space and my heart to allowing that to manifest. Until then, make your bed every morning, even though no one's going to see it. Make sure to wash your tub and make sure there's no ring around your toilet because sometimes somebody's going to show up when you least expect it and they're going to think you dirty. And you are because there's a ring around your toilet. And get a pet. 
we need rescues. But even if you're living alone, you're not alone. Because even if your conscience is singular, we're all in this together. Scarpins Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.